1: Your station.
2: Stephen, thanks for taking the time. You spoke to Adrian Taff after the European qualification was secured and he said to you, did you expect that that would be what would happen this season? And you you, you said that you thought European football might be a bit of a stretch, which was a fair enough comment given where Dundalk were last season. What were your expect- expectations for the season when you came in?
1: It was really just to stabilise the, the the club again. Um, obviously on, on the field the season before, like, you know, Dundalk were probably more uh, Flittering in and out, closer maybe to the relegation playoffs, second last position rather than probably Europe. During a sort of in that little one in between, and so first of all, we know that there was a disconnect between the club and and the town and the community, and you know we wanted to reestablish all those things on the pitch. We wanted to be competitive as we could, you know, have as <coughs> positive a season as we could to build on obviously an improvement. From the season before, and then off the pitch, we wanted to sort of mend those bridges and, and bring bring the club back to the people and back to the town that they were the two main things of just having the town have their football club back and then on the pitch, trying to stabilize things and try and have a season where the following season people could be really positive about it, so you know tying all that in with knowing that you're when you're taking the job, you're going to lose probably a lot of the best players or a lot of the top players in the league which did happen uh, and knowing that you're going to have to build a squad from scratch come mid-December so conscious of all those things and the task that was going to be before us but um, got stuck into it and, and 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 done the best we could and um, you know off the back of all that when we first arrived in it was myself Martin Connolly uh, Gab McLaughlin was in there uh, with the sort of Doing the media relations, all that type of stuff. They were they, that was all that was in the building really from a, a an operational point of view. And then we had Andy Boyd and obviously Darrell Leahy who were on deals um from obviously the, the the old ownership. They were the only two players and then the rest was basically blank canvas. Try and re sign who you'd think was a possibility to resign. Then other lads had gone already, obviously and then trying to to build a squad and as best we could within the parameters of, obviously, a budget and, and where the club was at that point in time.
2: Yeah, and what you talked about there in terms of building that reconnect, I mean, in, in some ways, and I, I'm using this in relative terms, in some ways the easy thing is to, to kind of get the things on the pitch right, but establishing that connection back with the club, which is, a little bit more intangible. Obviously, if results are good, that helps. But how do you go about, you know, rebuilding the relationship with the with the local area and the town? Because obviously, the previous ownership, look, it was difficult. Everybody knows that. But how do you go about, you know, rebuilding those connections with, with the local area and with the town?
1: I think it was just being more open in regards to the club and building up, uh, re-engaging with those partnerships. Uh, you know, the, even the little things like the 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 uh, player sponsors, having people sponsor players just to get that sort of closeness within the squad and just being as a club, being more open if there's people that wanted to come up to the club, uh, etc. You, you know, letting them in, letting them in around the facility. Obviously, the club shop was there as well um, in, in the YDC. So I was there most days when I, when I took the job. So it was important then to be interacting with supporters that are coming up to the club shop and, you know, I, I probably had a bit of an advantage. I played with the club when it was really a feel good amongst all the supporters and that. And I lived in the town, so I knew what way to tick. I knew what it means to them. So um, just delving into a bit of that. And obviously, I suppose what really should, would shed it when the season starts is having a team and a group of players that, that work really hard for the club. And supporters can see that every time they go out on the pitch, they try their best. And that's what bill brings
2: back to sort of builds the connection between between the playing side of it and the supporters. you mentioned there the fact that you you had an advantage in terms of the fact that you were you were at the club and you were obviously you know a very significant figure in those years of success as captain but does that bring its own pressures in a way because? the word legacy gets thrown around a lot. But are you concerned that if you go in there and it doesn't work out, then maybe your, your legacy is a, as a, a huge figure within the club is tarnished? a But does does as much as it's an advantage, as you said, is there a little bit of extra pressure when, you're, when you've had a previous you know, existence with the club as captain?
1: Maybe, I suppose as well, I suppose it's how much value you put on your legacy, you know, that type of way. So what, what does it really mean to you? I would never sort of shy away from... From a risk or from something that I think is the right thing to do just because of that. You know, I don't think that's a a valid reason. That's a bit of an ego, an ego sort of trip. So, um, no, I wasn't worried about that. Um, If it was to be like he was a good player, but a crap manager, so be it, you know what I mean, for the club. So, (laughs) uh, that wouldn't have put me off. It was more, it would have flipped the other way just the times I had at the club as a player. And the connection I had with the club and the supporters gave me the push to go and, uh, and do it.
2: The way the season started off, like it was a run of draws there. There were goals filling in all over the place. Did it did it feel like, and this is, this is true probably of every League of Ireland club and every League of Ireland season, did it feel like it took you a while to, to get to where you wanted to be in terms of the the, the style of play the players betting in because that obviously does take time how long did you think it kind of how long was it before into the season before you felt right we're, we're at it here now and we're playing the way I want us to play and I can see progress
1: yeah well like people probably like we we were training with 10, 9, 10 players for all the pre-season really so um, we were having to use a lot of young players uh, for our pre-season matches just for numbers um, like we got beat at home to Boz in pre-season we lost to Waterford down there in pre-season and it was very much thrown together sort of whoever was fit and available was going to play because we didn't have the numbers to have structurally you know um, this 11 will play 60 minutes and then we were just any bodies that are eligible will play so you can't really work on anything during the week you're just trying to get the conditioning up getting their like match fitness up but from a structural and a a tactical point of view, we couldn't do anything, we didn't have enough players, and that sort of, was we only got sort of, healthy enough numbers, going into the first game of the season, and then all of a sudden, the season's upon you, and you're trying to sort of learn on the job, in regards to your team, the way you want to play, with matches coming up, big games, against far more sort of settled squads, so, I thought then, after the first, series of games, even though we obviously drew a lot, we didn't win many, but we, we didn't lose many either, Um, thought we went into the second quarter, started to find our groove a little bit and then by midsummer, after the break when we beat Sean Rovers and that, I re- and we had performances at home to Sly going home to Bose. Um I thought we were in a the groove then and thought we were looking like a slick team a team that knew their jobs and good players and a bit of depth and then unfortunately you know uh, we lost obviously Mark went to Derry and then we, we other big players got, got, got serious injuries as the season went on and they were sort of we didn't have, we played, was it Finn Harps? I think we played uh, near the back end of the season, I think. From the start in 10, they played against outfielders, they played against Sean Grovers in that game at Oriol after the break in the summer. I think seven were, were unavailable or weren't played. So that's a huge turnover through a season and still trying to sort of challenge for honours. And they were all big players, you know, obviously with us, Pat, for three months basically, Paul Doyle, Greg, Greg Slogger towards the back end, and Daniel Kelly, Robbie Benson from the summertime onwards, was struggling. We've we've, we've got him sorted now as well. So um, all big, big personalities, big players, good quality. And as I said, Mark obviously went to Derry mid-season. So there's a lot of sort of change. Or we didn't have a, a consistent then uh, team selection or a consistent sort of identity to us as the season went on. So, Credit to everyone, all the players, obviously, for really just galvanising together and you know getting us to the position we finished. Basically,
2: yeah, we talked earlier about the about the European push, and he thought it might be a step too far. But after you beat Shamrock Rovers, and there was a f- there were a few weeks there where you were, you know, you were right in the mix. Was there? Was there a time where you thought to yourself there's a there's a title here for us if we if we keep on going or did you think that that was a little bit unrealistic because I know everybody was getting a little bit carried away <laughs> and excited and rightly so but did you ever yourself really believe that, that the title was Obviously, possible? You'd,
1: you'd say we need our players uh, big players to stay fit or to stay and we might give it but then in the cold I, I used to think would they ever get a squad in mid-December with two players and then fill it up and basically we have the pre-season that I just spoke about and go and win a league a good league in the cold light of day would have been a big big stretch I always felt that uh, but obviously we wanted to stay up there as long as we could to see you never know what can happen in sport um, but in my, the, in my heart to heart I probably thought it was a little bit a little bit too soon um, and it probably turned out like that from a squad depth point of view and just the other sort of things that came our way as the sort of second half of the season went on so when you have that and then we obviously went through a rocky couple of weeks we lost to UCD we lost to Waterford in the Cup obviously disappointing defeats but I felt that probably the narrative was this has been this is disappointing obviously because we got uh, within two points of the top mid-summer rather than looking at it as a whole and saying would you have at the start of the season, what was everybody's expectations and hopes? So I always thought we were still doing very well in the season, no matter we were off the back of a poor enough run uh recently. I always felt our league position was very healthy. We never really fell out of of the top three for for eighty percent of the league of the season, so i that was my main aim if we could keep in that top three. I thought it was it was from where the club was, from where the team was, the personnel. I always felt it was a brilliant effort from from everyone, from all the players and the staff.
2: How big a blow you mentioned them there? How big a blow was it to lose Mark Connolly in the middle of the season? Because you look, we know we know the way football is. Clubs will come in and, and snap up players from other clubs, and that's the reality of it. But when you were going so well, was it disappointing for you? Frustrating for you? Whatever way you want to describe it, to lose such a key player at a crucial time of the season as well.
1: Yeah, no, I was. It was, I, was I had a good relationship with Mark. He was playing exceptional. Exceptionally well, he was a real sort of our defensive record is very good. Him and Andy in and the main had built up a good partnership, and he was a great person to have around. You know, he was all in, he was very durable, he never really missed a training session, and his performances were excellent. So it was disappointing, but I understood as well that we were potentially vulnerable to that come mid summer when we only had him till the summer. Uh, and you're when someone's playing playing very well, you're always open to if you have them on loan to someone else sort of swooping in and that's what happened so it was disappointing but I understood it too and it was just then make the best of it and let's see let's see what we can do alternatively but of course when someone's playing well and he's a good player and he's good around the place you're always disappointed to lose them but I fully understood it as well the situation so it wasn't a disappointment sort of anger wise it was just you know, a little bit of a blow. somewhere that needs to be replaced. Now,
2: when we talk about you know season on season, obviously you got into Europe this year, and there is probably an expectation now that Dundalk will will push on next year and maybe challenge for a title. That might be the expectation for some fans, but as we know, football certainly isn't a linear thing from season to season. The League of Ireland definitely isn't. Of all leagues, you've lost Lewis McCary, Ruiner Hauga, and Stephen Bradley, who were on loan as well. Um, you know we we know you've re-signed Andy Boylan and Paul Doyle uh, this week, but for you now to try and to try and push things on to the next level how did those conversations go with the owners and 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 in terms of the budget and everything else because i presume the, the season come and you want to try and improve on that third place and maybe push for second maybe be in the mix for title so in in terms of the conversations with the owners do you say i oh, need five six players of this standard i'm, I'm going to need to pay them x amount a week that kind of thing how, how do those conversations go that's probably nothing like what happens but i'm just curious now, we have been meeting every week I sit down
1: every week with the owners and talk through targets talk through the progression of targets um, obviously go through the squad that's that's here and finances do come into it um, so there will be a sort of little bit of a turnover again this year with us it is kind of linear in regards to performance it might be next year but squads now so you have Shamrock Rovers now who are in a position the club is to be given three or four year deals to players so in the main, their squad stays the same hmm. every year and they add a bit of quality to it. They have the resources to do that. Derry are going to be like that now. They're going to be handing out long-term deals to, to really good players. So they're always going to, in the main, have, keep their strongest players and then add bits of quality. They have the resources. They have the the, the financial sort of power behind them to do that. So I think that, that there's a sort of... It's changed. There's been a bit of change in the league now as as different in previous years you now have two what you'd call heavyweights all relative speaking to our league from a financial standpoint there so they're set ready to rock they can give long-term deals and there is lots of big budgets floating about so um with the, with the, with the opposition the clubs now there is it seems to be it's not sort of mirroring life society in regards to wealth in the country there there seems to be a bit of Money again, relatively speaking, to our to our standard, to our league, in with other clubs as well. Um, so it's trying to compete with that without being silly, without being reckless. Um, and it's probably trying to get the get the ones that could turn out to be top level ones before they do become top level ones. That's probably the that's probably where we are. The market we're in. Can we go after? and compete with the top lads uh, or the top teams with the established uh, best players in the league doubtful i don't think so so we need to find that sort of be it on these shores or or foreign shores we need to find ones that we think have potential and scope and sort of nurture them into into top class performers in in our league
2: And in terms of the the budget for any given season, um, is there any like uh, do you have to kind of maybe try and persuade the 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 guys in control of the purse strings to, to give you a little bit more, or is it here's the here's what you're getting and that's it?
1: No, there's all there's good community like there's a bit of to and fro and like anything, I'm always going to want more, mm-hmm. you know that's just natural that's just the way it is. But really good relationship, it's both ways. Um, I, I haven't there hasn't been one thing that's happened since I've come in and they've blocked it and said no um, so they've been brilliant and like that we're all sort of pulling in the one direction wanting the same thing obviously being sensible about it as well and knowing our limits but um, it's a great relationship only had a meeting with them actually on Friday morning uh, in Dundalk so we, we have one of them a week and just obviously to to, to fill everyone in the positions we're at in regards Players staying, players going, trying to get players in, etc. So, a uh, real good working relationship, and um, it's 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 been very easy so far because I think everyone's
2: sensible and realistic enough to know where we're at. And in terms of the squad um, and players that might be coming in, I'm not expecting you to name names, although feel free to do so if if you wish. Um, in terms of the the, the guys that you might be looking at, or not necessarily even individuals, but positions maybe, because I know you won't want to give too much away here in terms of players' names, but. Where do you think you need to strengthen? Uh, what areas are you looking to strengthen for next season?
1: Well, we're looking we're, we're look at every area, to be honest, uh, from a squad point of view. Um, as I said, there'll be a bit of a turnover in, in players, so we'll need to get quite a few players in. And um, From a, a position point of view, I can't say there's one area from a squad point of view that I'd say, no, we're not really looking for anyone there You know, in, in that position. We're looking at all areas good players and, and players as you said that can sort of bring us on again so that's all that's the main point of it at this stage it's it's you're always looking you're always on the phone you're always trying to search out for, for talent that can't boost the squad because if I named the the the, the, the squad now we'd have a good start in 11 no doubt uh, but it's about adding to that and getting more depth in all the positions and, and just more more quality Um which still having the numbers not not massively big. I don't want a squad of mid twenties or that that size of a squad. It's still going to be quite a, a tight squad, but but with hopefully with good depth in it. In ter-
2: in terms of um, potential departures, there was a story during the week that Sam Bowen might be moving to Spain. Is there any truth to that? Is there any clarity on that you can provide?
1: No, well, I'm not going. I don't want to. So there'll be players. Uh, Everyone sort of in our current squad. Knows the situation. No, no. I, I had one-on-one meetings with them all uh, post the Derry game that week. Uh, the following, so everyone um, knows their situation. Uh, knows sort of what's on the table, what's not on the table. So, but I'd rather them sort of make their own sort of admissions or or, or uh, send their own message before I going to comment for anyone. So that's the way I like to operate. I want to leave it up to to whatever players uh, wish whatever they they wish to do I'm not going to I don't want to speak for them or anything like that I'm going to let them make their decision when when they want to
2: maybe obviously say something or that you know absolutely that's fair enough are those is that the difficult part of the job when you're having to sit down with the player and tell them that there's no there's no place from next year's squad are they difficult conversations in the, part yeah, of the job the you maybe part don't like
1: it. Yeah, worst part of it without a doubt um the part that you still obviously—I don't know—do you ever get used to it? If you're experienced, do you become more cynical or more callous the older you get because you do it? Or, but obviously that the 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 third thats the thing that would be a little bit alien to me. Obviously, still new to us, not just having finished playing that long—is them chats at the end of the season and they do hang over you, and you are dreading them when you see everyone sort of celebrating and happy with their season, you know that these conversations are going to follow just a few days later and it does definitely play on um definitely played in my mind for the back end of the season, knowing that there maybe was going to be some tough conversations down the line with lads, players that have given their all and lads that I'd have so much time for and so so much respect for. Um but ultimately you kinda of have to do what you think is right for the player from a, a playing point of view and also you know what, what you think's right for the club, and obviously the players on their prerogative too. They might want to stay. I'm obviously aware of that as well. They might want to say, "I want to go somewhere else." Also, but from my point of view, um, you know, given that news and having that sort of chat is is a difficult one, very difficult one, and by far the worst part of the job.
2: Yeah, and in terms of the the reaction from the players that, that you have those conversations with, is it is it a range of reactions or is it generally just you know it's a short chat thanks very much Stephen best of luck and on, on their way or do some of them go on a little bit longer than than a couple of minutes?
1: Yeah it's going to be different depends on the individual when and the take what I would say is anyone I spawned to this year was an absolute sort of je- uh, a, a gent and that's what made it sort of doubly difficult because I know what good people they are and uh, just how they reacted to it it's it's um. Oh, it does. It does. It's sort of it would it would hurt you without a doubt in regards to the news you sort of have to say and that and um, and it does affect you. But as I said, that's just the, that's the game. That's the business. At the end of every season, there's going to be changes to squads. But um, yeah, every individual is different. You might have you might even dolly off to different subjects or that. You know, if you want to have a chat with whoever, you know, it just depends on what way the conversation goes and what direction it takes. But any person I had that conversation with this year was the ultimate, ultimate professional, the ultimate like good, good person, just good, good morals and that you know. And as I said, that
2: makes it worse. <laughs> no one, no one's putting their fist through the wall or anything on you. So that's, no. that's that's good to hear. Just in terms of the the, the the league, as we mentioned there, you know, you were eighteen points better off than last season, which is a, a very nicely, neat, nice and neat six wins. If you want to translate it that way, was the FAI Cup quarter final defeat? Was that the the, the biggest disappointment for you this season because obviously you know you won it last year with Pats I'm not sure how many managers coaches have done it back to back with different clubs I wouldn't say too many if any uh, not that, not that that's that was your, your main motivation but was that defeat a bit of a signal and a disappointing you to take
1: yeah it was it was we weren't going through a good spell we had a few in people were struggling physically and we were just probably in a bad moment in the season looking back um and yeah, well, without a doubt, I felt it was going to be a tough game down there, Waterford were going well, they've got offensive players and players that would be good, would stand out offensively in, in the Premier Division too, so um, we changed shape a little bit for that game, I felt we needed to be a little bit more secure, obviously we went one nil up, um, and then sort of gave up two sort of softish goals before half time and second half, we were we we sort of huffed and puffed. We didn't really lost our way, a little bit our identity sort of went out the window and how we want to do things and it was just a poor night. But from a night point of view after the game, um yeah, there's no no doubt about it. It was disappointing. I think we had a break then, we had the international break, so we were coming back into the last, I think, the six league games. So it was important that break probably came at the right time in regards to Give everyone a little bit of a breather and get back into it and treat the last six games as a mini league. And I think we won four, uh, drew one and lost one of our last six then post that break. So probably came at the right time. But from an isolated moment, I would say that away to UCD uh, when we lost 3 2 and, and that game uh, in the cup, obviously, we lost 3 2 as well at Waterford. They would be the two probably most disappointing nights I would have felt this season.
2: Just a couple of final questions. I saw yesterday that the uh, dairy owner has has made um, getting a grass pitch at the Brandywell, uh, the kind of top of his list of priorities. I know the, the, the 4G has been down in, in Oriel Park for, for quite a while now. Is is that something you'd have an opinion on either way? Would you like to get a grass pitch back there if you could?
1: Yeah, like if it was at all possible, I'm always a fan and believer in grass is the best. Um, so obviously it needs to be a good... I'd rather play on an Astro rather than a terrible grass pitch. No, don't get me wrong, but a good astro or a good grass pitch, you know, it's grass all day for me. So, you know, it like I'd leave that, I leave that to the powers that be. But you know, from my point of view, you'd always rather play on a, on a really good grass surface.
2: And maybe sometime down the line, that will happen. Yeah, because that pitch has been there for a while, and obviously there are reasons for it. It's lower maintenance. You can you know you can hire it out during the week and everything else. But have, have those conversations been been had? Is it something you would have discussed with the owners at all?
1: Well, not me. I think that's a little bit the owner. So we, I, they know. I'd rather a grass pitch, you know. But um, it's sort of that'll all come in time, hopefully. Um, there's more sort of. It's just been a bit of a whirlwind like the last year. It was all well, been football and that. So it's still we're still in that stage of let's make sure the product and the the players we have on whatever pitch it's on is decent, and then once the, we can proper sort of settle down into it
2: over a long longer term, then you can start maybe looking at uh, things like that. Mm. And in terms of, you know, we talked about the playing squad, in terms of the coaching ticket yourself and, and Paddy were there, Dave Mackie was there as first team manager who I must uh, give a mention to an absolute gentleman to deal with and, and he's been great with the media and with us this year uh, as the club have across across the board, of course. But, you know, we we know that Dave was there not not just because he had the coaching badges, but that was one of the reasons. And you were obviously going I think you're you're doing a course maybe at the moment or it's on the way. Will there be any changes to the coaching staff next season, do you think? Uh no, not as far not as far as I'm not not at this stage, put it
1: like that. No, Lean Burns was obviously there as well. Um so I was delighted and German the whole staff, Graham Norton, Danny Miller, Connor Doran, you know, Claire Dunn with Stat Sports. I could go on and on. The whole staff were, were brilliant. And from that point of view, everyone for a new group that didn't all know each other really well, everyone gelled very well together. And it was a great sort of working dynamic. And I, I'd like to think everyone enjoyed it as much as I did from a staff point of view. So that point of view, I'm happy.
2: And in terms of your own, as I said, the, the, the badges of your, yourself we know it's an expensive process uh, sorry, for, sorry for anything else but are you are you in the middle of this moment? No i not in the middle
1: of it so you have to obviously wait till the culmination of the the last pro licence mm. to try and enrol in this one so hopefully I'm in that sort of process of, of getting on it and um, trying to get on it and then I should hope, hopefully have confirmation maybe in January whether
2: you get on it or not. Perfect well we wish you the best of luck with that one. And one final question away from uh, the League of Ireland the World Cup kicking off later on obviously it's been um, I, I guess it's been a, a controversial one from, from a point of view of giving it to Qatar and everything else and there's a huge amount of conversations to be had around that but just we don't have time to get into that and I will be here for another hour but in terms of the football itself who will you be rooting for? Do you have any particular uh, team I've that should always,
1: be on? If Ireland aren't there I've always rooted I've been on the messy train and I'll be on the messy train again this year for Argentina so they have a chance I think it's a wide open World Cup I think there's a couple of sleepers maybe in there as well I don't know if there is a really, really, really outstanding team that's head and shoulders above, above the rest. I think there's lots of good
2: teams. So I think it could be an interesting World Cup. We'd be watching every game or as many as you can in between taking phone calls and, and everything and else.
1: as well, two kids as well. So I'll try and get as many games as I can let, uh, you know, without getting divorced.
2: <laughs> listen Stephen we uh, we wish you all the very best of luck with the with the off season getting players in and getting all that kind of business done and of course we, uh, we hope maybe uh, Lionel Messi will be lifting the World Cup in a few weeks time as well put a smile on your face thanks so much for taking the time lovely David thank you
1: LMFM Sunday Sport your sport your
2: station hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget